Welcome to Off The Bench with Benny Jones. Yeah, g'day and welcome to Off The Bench, another big edition of the program. Great to have your company as we look back on some of the big moments from the week that was and already cast our eye forward to a cracking weekend of sports. Of course, we know there's International Test Rugby League taking place. We've had the A-League getting into full swing with a big Sydney derby. We'll preview that shortly with Sydney FC boss Steve Corica. Also, the NBL. How well is that going at the moment with the Sydney Kings flying on top of the table? They've got a big clash against the Brisbane Bullets at home this weekend. The NBA started. The World Series of Baseball's going on. It's probably a few other sports. Oh, and there's a bit of cricket happening around the traps as well. But it is great to have your company. Hope you've had a wonderful week to this point and an even bigger weekend is planned. Uh, We're going to hear from former Wallaby Matt Burke a little later on in the hour. Also, Brad Newley from the Sydney Kings helping us preview that clash with the Brisbane Bullets, but also talk about their season to date. Some of the new players that have come into the roster, Andrew Bogut, of course, who's just an absolute superstar. Steve Corica from Sydney FC, their manager. This is a Sydney derby in the A-League that has been hyped up like we haven't seen for a good couple of years. Bankwest Stadium sold out days in advance. And Western Sydney, who've struggled a little bit over the past couple of seasons, now two from two, like their counterparts in Sky Blue. This is a game that will take us back to the early days, the early editions of the Sydney rivalry. So look forward to catching up with Steve Corica to get his thoughts ahead of what promises to be a bumper game. But I tell you what promises to be pretty entertaining and big and with some bragging rights attached. And that's happening on November 15 down in Melbourne at Margaret Court Arena when Barry Hall, the former AFL star, will take on former NRL champion Paul Gallen. It's called the Code Wars. It's going to be exciting to watch. And as I said, one way or another, there are going to be fans of one particular sport, very chirpy, in the direction of fans of the other, depending on who ends up winning this big battle. Now, Paul Gallant, we'll hear from him shortly. Nine and zip in his boxing career. Barry Hall has never had a fight. I mean, he's had some fights on the field of an AFL battle, of course, but he's never actually stepped inside a ring for a professional fight. So, so it's new ground here for Barry. We caught up with him earlier on in the week to find out how his preparation is going and his thoughts on just how he is going to get the better of Paul Gallen. Here's what he had to say. Oh, look, I've got no disrespect for AFL whatsoever. It's a, it's a, it's a great game. Um, yeah, look, I'm not, not going to say it's tougher than the NRL. I, I don't think it is tough for the NRL. I think the NRL is the toughest game in the world, but um, yeah, great respect for AFL players. And uh, fingers crossed down here in Melbourne, there's going to be a huge crowd and plenty of AFL supporters come out to support Barry. Um, but unfortunately, I'll be walking for him. I'll be walking away with my hand out high. Yeah, great thrill to have joining us here on Sports Day, uh, a man who will be taking part in a highly anticipated boxing bout uh, this coming November 15. Uh, tickets are already flying out the door for this one. It's going to be an absolute bell to the Code Wars is what they're calling it, Sats, and we're going to decide once and for all, or find out once and for all, which is the toughest sport, AFL or NRL. I'm very much <laughs> in the AFL category, and I'm saying that for a few reasons. Well, one, because I didn't play NRL, and two, because... Our guest on the line is an AFL superstar, and if I don't say that, he'll punch the living suitcase out of me. Barry Hall, the former AFL gun, joins us here on Sports Day. Welcome, Barry. 
Yeah, well, gentlemen, it's a very good answer. <laughs> Mate, really excited for, for this bout. Uh, look, we understand that um, for you this is a, a huge challenge, one which you're going to take uh, front on, and, and I'm sure you're going to make a great account of yourself come November 15. But uh, how's it all going, the preparation? We're, what, uh, three weeks, just a little under three weeks away. Um, you, you're pretty happy with where things are at? Yeah, things are going along really well. I've, um, you know, I've been training with no no hiccups so far, so it's, uh, the fitness has come along really, really well. Um, you know, we're doing regular sparring and, and just getting my eye in and, and starting to get a bit of a rhythm now. So you know, I've been training for, what's three weeks to a month, and it's I just sort of click now, so it's uh, the body's sort of getting adapted to it. And things are going really well, yeah. I couldn't be happier. You know, obviously being 42 years of age, yeah, there was going to be things like injuries and stuff like that pop up, but it didn't have. It's been smooth uh, sailing so far, so touch wood, but uh, it continues that way. Yeah, Barry, there's a number of reasons why people get in the ring, um, and I, I love my boxing as well. And at 42 years of age, and, and I read with interest where you, you had a, an up, upbringing with, uh, with boxing yourself in your teenage years before you, you took up AFL a little bit more seriously. Is this more about also, among other things, a real scratch to itch at the moment? A little bit, yeah. Look, um, I've always wondered and, you know, um, a bit of politics has got in the way of, of me not fighting. Um, and look, that's that's probably been boxing in the past and, um, you know, everyone sort of knows what happens outside the ring and I, I love the sport and I respect it. And, um, you know, I certainly didn't want to get in there for the wrong reason. So I, uh, when this opportunity came up, Danny Green, who's a, a really good, solid guy, um, you know, straight shooter, Offered me the fight. It was, uh, was something that, uh, when they did offer it, I said, well, who, who am I fighting? Um, so I didn't want to fight a guy who's had one fight or one fight yeah. and a loss and, mm. you know, someone I know I can beat when I get in there. Um, I think that's what traditionally has happened in the past and it's something yep. that I didn't want to do. So when the, the challenge came up to Paul Gowan, who's had nine fights, he's undefeated, um, you know, he's improved out of sight since his first fight. Um, is, is going to be a really big challenge. So, so that was something that um, you know I wanted to, to do as well. That challenge part of it was a, was a big attraction for me. Now you've teamed up with one of Australia's best trainers in Danny Green's former trainer and Angelo Hyder, who's, who's based himself in the northern New South Wales, just over the border of the Gold Coast. How have you found the transition from AFL training to boxing? Hmm. Oh, look, I, I, that's a tough sport, boxing, no doubt about that. Um, you know, just uh, the continual backing up, you know, your saw and all that sort of stuff. Even the sparring, you, you know, you might get punched in the face and you're going to sort those, you got to back up and spar again. It's um, certainly not for the faint-hearted, but, um, but as I said, I sort of grew up around that. I love it. For that reason, you, you can't hide. Everyone who's been boxing for a long period of time, um, you know, you've got to respect them. It's, <laughs> it's uh, probably the toughest ball going around and, um, it's probably more mentally than anything else. Mm. The mental grind and um, getting yourself up, you just have to respect these blokes. And, you know, I'm going in for my first professional fight, but the guys who, um, you know, have been doing it for years, as I said, you, you just have to respect them. Oh, absolutely, Barry. From an outside point of view, it's someone who's never had the bravery to step inside a ring. I know if, when you're playing footy, if you're having an off day, if you're struggling to get a kick or get anywhere near it, you've got 21 mates out there that can sort of carry you through and help you along. In a boxing yeah. ring, if you're having a bad day or an off day, there's not really many places to run and hide, are there? Yeah, you can, you can have a snooze. There's going to be lights out. But, um, yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the whole challenge. You know, you've trained for, for six to, to eight weeks, 
and it comes down to one night. You know, there's a lot mm. of pressure and all those sorts of things. Um, that's that's all part of it, and that's why you you, you, know, you don't play boxing, as I say. It's um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stake. We've uh, we've enjoyed the little bit of banter in the build-up so far, and that will only intensify as we get closer to the fight between yourself and Paul. Obviously, uh, two men who've had distinguished careers in your chosen professions, but obviously behind all of that and the bluster and a few of the barbs, there'd be a, a great mutual respect between you two, I'd imagine. Absolutely. Well, you can't take away what he's done for the game, and, and particularly what he's done in boxing. Um, you know, you, all he can do is, is beat the, the opponents put in front of him, and he's done that. He always finds a way to win. And uh, I'll respect what he's done in boxing and rugby league. Um, you know, we're not going to sit there and cuddle each other and you know, pat <laughs> each other on the back. But um, come fight night, I'm going to try and take him out. Absolutely. Yep. It's a massive challenge for me. Um, a lot of people probably don't think I can, can get up with the age and the inexperience, but um, that's, that's what's burning me to, to do mm. this, is to prove some people wrong. And that, that massive challenge in front of me. It's something I've missed since I've uh, stopped playing footy. Don't worry, Barry. He's not. He's been in the game that long. He's not that much younger than you, old, <laughs> old gal. And now, at, at nine and zero, like you said, he hasn't had a defeat at the moment. Have you had much time to look at his style? Um, well, we obviously know what he does. He puts on a lot of pressure, and he he tries to um, put the pace up because he's very fit. He is. He is very very mm. fit. Um, mm. He usually gets his opponents in the later rounds and wears them down and, and knocks them out. So um, we're aware of that. Uh, I haven't sat down and had a look at too much of him, but um, all my sparring partners and stuff are at his height and you know, fight very similar. So um, they'll go quite well at, at this stage. Um, we know what he's going to bring. He probably has a fair idea what I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see who implements the game plan the best. As uh, Sats mentioned, we, we do appreciate your time, uh, fresh from a, another training session. So uh, may the preparations towards November 15 continue to go smoothly for you. And obviously that big night at Margaret Court Arena, it's just going to be brilliant. If you can't get there yourself, you can obviously catch it. Foxtel's main event will be covering all of those big fights on the night. Mate, what you did in your AFL career was pretty brilliant. And we can't wait to see what the boxing chapter of Barry Hall's sporting life might lead to. Mate, good luck and um, all the best with the continued prep. Uh, fingers crossed, boys. Uh, we'll, we'll get the job done. But uh, thanks for the support, too. It's, uh, it's great what you guys are doing and help us support this event. You're listening to Off the Bench, right around Australia. You're listening to Off the Bench, right around Australia. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Benny Jones here in the host chair with you as we look back on some of our big chats through the week on Sports Day. And well, one that we had was one that we hoped we wouldn't have to have this early on in the Rugby World Cup tournament. But unfortunately for the Wallabies, quarterfinal stage is where they exit at the hands of England, 40-16, to 16, a demoralising loss last weekend. So we thought we'd catch up with former Wallabies, great World Cup winner, in his own glittering career in Matt Burke to find out where it all went wrong and, importantly now, where to next for the Wallabies as Michael Checker's reign as coach ends at the conclusion of 2019. Here's what Matt had to say. Side ball, Marika Korobeni. Korobeni! That's what the Wallabies needed early in the second half. Marika Korobeni. Beal now. Cross to Hooper, intercepted though by Watson. England, three to the 
semi-finals. The highs and the lows from the quarterfinal against England. Uh, the Wallabies bundled out of the Japan Rugby World Cup of 2019. 40 points to 16. Uh, probably doing it tough like uh, the rest of the Wallabies fans around the country is former Wallabies great. Matty Burke, who's been good enough to join us here on Sports Day. Uh, Matty, welcome. A couple of days on, the dust has settled. Any less disappointed than we were on Saturday night? <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I think that... I mean, the disappointment is going to stay there for a while, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, our guys should be at the pointy end of the tournament. I, I think we would have been good enough to be at the pointy end of the tournament. But uh, for, for argument's sake, the, uh, probably the tactics weren't right against that uh, against that uh, English outfit on the weekend. And, and we paid the ultimate price. So disappointing in that regard. So I think, you know, Aussies supporters will be disappointed as well. Now, the repercussion from this is, is sort of going to be, you know, far-reaching. We know that, obviously, Czech has gone and the CEO is under pressure to try and deliver something and, or some kind of outcome. So, you know, at the moment, I, I feel for the guys. I've been there. I, I lost in that World Cup in 1995, ironically, to England. And you just know that mm. you know, you, you've let down your players and you've let down your teammates and let down your family. So, yeah, I'm feeling for those guys, but certainly something has to be done about it. Yeah, you're talking about tactics on the field firstly, Matty, and is predictable a word that could describe the Wallabies in the way they, they tried to play England on the weekend? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, the 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 whole way you play the game is to try and uh, you know, uh, I suppose bluff uh, opposition teams into making the wrong decisions or, or make them you know make a, a, a wrong play. And sadly, our guys, you know, they they went all out in this attacking style style of rugby. And, and Checker said that you know on the Sunday afterwards, he said, you know, we put all our chips in one basket. We you know, we, we chipped up, so to speak. So all of a sudden, you, you're looking at a game plan, and it's not too hard to sort of uh, manipulate uh, the defensive system. So when you when you know they're running the whole time, and I think that fatigue played an element of that as well at the back end of games when, you know, and, and previously as we've seen, um, teams were able to get over us in the second half because I think our guys were just spent. You know, they just, mm. they, they made such hard work of doing something simple that when it came to the back end of the game, they had no gas in the tank. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of talking about a more holistic game. I, I understand that you are allowed to play the ball for foot, so you are allowed to kick it for territory, and our guys... He just didn't seem to do it. And, and, you know, it was frustrating watching from the sideline. It was frustrating commentating uh, and knowing that, you know, when they did get it right, it was, it was quite good. But sadly, the consistency wasn't there across the board. So, yeah, you're right. It was predictable. Matty, have we got the players to be there at the pointy end of the season? I think we do. I think we do. You know, there's, there's, you know the, 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 the difficult part that Michael Checker went in with in this tournament is that I don't think he knew about who was his best team. And, mm. You've been in those big games and you know that when you look left and you look right and you're just confident as to who's those blokes you know, inside and outside of you. So when you, when, you, when you run out in the pitch there and you sort of look around and go, there's another combination. And, and, and it was picked up every week by the media outlets that, hey, this is a different outfit, a different nine combination, a different back row combination, the front row combination. So and I know there's a squad mentality that they use from these days and they talk of the the reserves now, they talk them uh, up as finishers. And, and, and these guys came on and did do very, very well. Tony Tupo, the, the massive human up front. Um, uh, Matt Tamua did really well. Uh, but I think you need to know your, your starting 15. You need to know your best 15. And, and I don't think they did that. And I think that was a, a, a massive downfall um, from, from Australia's point of view, that, that even the players, and uh, it's hard to argue because I'm, I'm not there, but I reckon the players sort of know what they want. Uh, out of out of the coach as well, and I know they all embraced it, and they all they they all dived in as well. They all supported the coach, and and that's what you got to do. But 
I think maybe they were led a bit down the uh, the wrong path in that regard. There, I think sometimes you just got to know what's going on. So there are players there that that have got you know great skills and you know, but they're losing a bunch of them now. But there's a couple of guys still hanging around, a couple of young guys coming through that hopefully in the next sort of you know, twelve to eighteen months will be you know, really stepping up to the plate. Well, you said there will be repercussions, and there should be repercussions also. There's been calls for a full review of the ARU and its operations, and I suppose mm. go back 12 months, there was an opportunity to change coaches leading into the World Cup. Should Michael Chicker have been retained last year, do you think? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's hindsight. You'd probably say no in that regard, but they, they stuck with it, and, and I suppose that's what part of this review is going to be. Did, did they make the right decision? Um, you know, where does punters sitting on the sideline having an opinion? But, you know, that board level, they've got to make the decisions that are in the best interest of, of Australian rugby. Uh, you probably argue that because we fell apart, maybe that wasn't the right call. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, what's going to happen and, and how they've, uh, you know, how they're going to play these games and understanding game plans and tactics. And I think what we've got away from now, and, and we keep talking about this heads up rugby, that, um, that is sort of out of the game at the moment, and they're playing these pod type system, and, and and which is, as you as you mentioned, so it, it, it is quite predictable as well. So when you, when you're playing the games, that then gets transferred, to, and this is this is where I start to sort of yeah, my scratch my head is that when you have got these kids and schoolboys and and lower than that to club football, even the younger stuff, they they're going to these these systems that they're playing, that the big levels are trying to play a bit. And I'm thinking, no, no, like this is, this is where you just your pure ability mm, to play the yep. game and, and your instinct comes into play. And it's like we're sort of getting away from that, which I think is just, uh, you know, I think is wrong, basically. I think they need a rethink of, of how they're going to play. And that's got to be coached then from all the way from the juniors all the way up, back up to the seniors there. Because, you know, the, it's the mums and dads that are coaching on the weekends and, they're just looking at what the big guys are doing and thinking, we'll just follow suit. Yeah, we're forgetting the fundamentals, aren't we? Now, let's look at a couple of positives, Matty, from the, from the World Cup so far. First one, the Cherry Blossoms. Creative, high energy. So good. Do you like their rise? So good. So good. I mean, that, that, that's been the story of, the, of this World Cup, uh, absolutely. And, and you know, they, they had about 60 million people watching that game the other day against <laughs> South Africa. And, and you know, albeit South Africa won, uh, you know, they, they, have, they have won over fans you know, worldwide, and the brand they're playing, the style they're playing, the, the precision they're playing with is is outstanding. I mean, they topped their pool uh, in A. They beat Ireland, they beat Scotland, um, and they and they and it was it was quite incredible. So, we're, you know, we're, we've we're, we've been over there. We're going back again, and uh, and it is just uh, embracing the whole country, which is brilliant. Um, no, the other they one, are so from, frantic, from our, aren't they? They're just frantic. Oh, mate. That's exactly right. And it's like fit. That, that's the other part about it. I mean, you just, you just know you've got to be fit. And they, uh, and there's, there's, there's an attitude there that their coach Jamie Joseph put onto them and just said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to go here. And, and, and you know, this, this is a, you know, a, a tier two nation who's above us in the world rankings at the moment. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a long way back for our guys in that regard. But, you know, what Japan produced in that sort of five weeks was just incredible. And, and it certainly captured the attention of everyone. And just to finish off, a positive for the Wallabies, Jordan Patea getting a debut, playing in that quarterfinal, mm. looked really dangerous every time he touched the ball, Matty. Yeah, he did. He did really well. And I suppose that's that's part of you know, Michael Checker's legacy, to say, hey, I can I can bring a couple of young guys through. And, and he was outstanding in that, in that semi-final, pardon me, in that quarterfinal. He he uh, he threatened every time he got the ball on that, uh, especially on that left-hand edge on, on when they attacked mm. a couple of times. 
Uh, and he did well. He did well. He showed maturity. Um, and he's a big boy. He's about six three and probably you know 105 kilos type thing. So he's the one. He's one of the guys. If he can remain fit, he'll be one of the guys to take Australia uh, through. But certainly for the next World Cup and beyond. But um, you know, let's uh, let's unearth some more talent on the way through there. And, and when you're looking at what's happening in Australian rugby at the moment, the under 20s went runners up in their World Cup just just not long ago. The under 18s won it in New Zealand the other day. So. There's glimpses of um, of, uh, of brightness, and we just have to cultivate that to, big, to, to the big game. Maddie, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Day. Super quick two-parter to finish with: Who wins the tournament, and why will it be Wales? If you could just give us give us that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Surname's Jones, uh, mate. I, I couldn't help what. myself. Oh no, no, of course, of course. Uh, they'll they'll have a, a, a tough one against South Africa. South yeah. Africa just big and strong, um, but Wales have got uh, Wales have got game. You know, they they won Six Nations and. We're number one in the world, so that's going to be an epic game. I think. I think whoever wins this weekend uh, mm. between England and New Zealand yep. will then go on and win mm. the whole thing. I, I think England might surprise. You look at, you know, Eddie Jones, former Aussie coach. He's just you know throwing barbs and grenades mm. at the left, right, and centre. It's fantastic to listen to. Yeah, it is indeed. Hey, Matty, you're a star. We appreciate your time here on the program. Enjoy the remainder of the Rugby World Cup, and we'll speak again soon. Good on you, boys. Good to chat. So there he is, Matty Burke, joining us on Sports Day earlier on in the week on Off the Bench here right now. And obviously a disappointed Wallabies fan, but looking for the positives as we start our assault on the next World Cup in four years' time. Up next, a Makita Power Player nomination, Steve Corica, the boss of the Sydney Football Club, talking A-League now, of course, ahead of their big derby clash on Saturday night at Bankwest Stadium. We'll pick his brains and see how his club's preparations are tracking ahead of what promises to be a bruising clash. This is Off the Bench. Stick around. This is Off the Bench. We'll be back right after this. It's time to nominate the Makita Power Player. Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range. The Landscaper's Choice. Yeah, Makita Power Player nomination time for this weekend. Uh, look, yeah, there were a couple of good nominations around the traps across a number of sports, but we had to go back to last weekend and the running of the Everest, uh, the third staging of that very rich event. So I say rich, $14 million worth of prize money up for grabs and six mil if your horse happens to put its nose over the line first. Well, I'm not talking about a horse here. I mean, yes, 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 the performance of the three-year-old Colt was terrific to hold off a fast-finishing Santa Ana Lane that was the favourite going into the race. But I want to nominate for Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range, which basically means business when it comes to power. What about this guy, Glenn Boss, the 50-year-old jockey who has spent the last couple of years in Singapore, back in Australia, back in Sydney, Gets the ride above, yes, 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 and got it done big time. Three-time Melbourne Cup winner. He's won three Cox plates, and now a tab Everest to add to his very impressive CV. A racing Hall of Fame member, of course, as well, and has ridden the likes of So You Think, Starcraft, Ocean Park, Harada Sun, and, of course, famously, Maccabi Diva for those three consecutive Melbourne Cups. So, easy one for us. Glenn Boss, we spoke to him earlier on in the week. He's one of the nicest guys in sport. And at the age of 50 shows that you can still teach an old dog new tricks. First run he'd ever been a part of in the Everest. And he comes out a winner aboard Yes, Yes, Yes. Makita's Cordless Power Garden Tools will help you power through the toughest of jobs. Makita, when power means business. Right now, let's hear from Sydney FC manager Steve Corica. His side getting set 
for one of the biggest derby clashes in recent years as they head to Bankwest Stadium, a sold-out stadium, no less, to take on the Western Sydney Wanderers. Brandon O'Neill to deliver. Towards the near post, it's gone in, looped over. The goalkeeper, Stefan Marinovic, and it is Ryan Grant with his first goal since the grand final two years ago. The unlikely hero. Well, there it was, Sats. A little moment of magic from Ryan Grant late on against the Wellington Phoenix. Sydney FC maintaining their unbeaten start to this A-League season, the defending champion and a man in charge. And uh, obviously looking forward to a bumper game, a Sydney derby, no less, this weekend is former Socceroo star A-League champion as well in Steve Corica. Steve, thanks for your time here on Sports Day. Doesn't need much of a, uh, a build-up a derby, but this one just seems to have a little extra attached to it, and you must be pumped and can't wait. Definitely definitely excited and looking forward to it. This one is, yeah, I think this one's going to be special. There's a lot of things, obviously, early in the season. Both teams are, are top at the moment as well. Two wins from two, both teams. And um, obviously we've got the two brothers as well, which are playing for different teams, which is something pretty special as well. And uh, it's going to be a great full house at, uh, at their new stadium, which is fantastic. Oh, without a doubt. I, I did read online too somewhere, Steve, that even though it is a, a Wanderers home game, I think there were 2,000 tickets available for Sky Blues fans and they were snapped up in the space of about 15 seconds. So it goes to show the uh, the uh, the support behind your side is well and truly going to be there on Saturday night. Uh, the fact that um, Western Sydney have battled a little the past couple of years without a home uh, the derbies themselves maybe lost a, a little bit of their luster, but there's no question that this time around, with the great start to both campaigns for both you and the Wanderers, that yeah, there's a lot of interest from an outside point of view to this game as well. Yeah, well and truly, I think obviously, uh, you know, the, there's no secret they got their new stadium, and and apparently it's fantastic the atmosphere in there. So I'm sure they're looking forward to playing on it, but also we're we're actually looking forward to playing there as well. We love. Big stadiums, we love big crowds, and that's what football's all about, and getting the crowds involved. But, you know, Derby's always a special special day, and, um, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Now, Steve, Brendan O'Neill came out yesterday starting. He loves where the team is out at after after two rounds. and But as a coach, are there some areas that you probably need to improve a fair bit on leading into this week? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing is it's about improvement we speak about improvement every day to the boys at training but it's also improvement in the games so i'm pleased where we are at the moment uh you know we can't complain too much we're mm. two from two which is great we scored five goals uh in two games so that's obviously a positive as well but there's things that we can improve on and you know i think it's a consistency that the the team plays well for 90 minutes not you know maybe 60 minutes and um, that's, that's something we can improve on but um, you know it's the second second round third round this week so you know you don't want to be at your best anyway at this time of year it's about building for for the obviously towards the end of the season to make the finals of course and trying to try and win the premiership is about consistency but you know you also want to win the grand final which is you know comes towards the end of the season well, you took an early lead last week at Leichhardt Oval. I love the scenes at Leichhardt Oval against Wellington mm. Phoenix last week. Um, the one nil lead after about 18 or 19 minutes, but you're under a bit of an onslaught by Phoenix for a long period of time. Were you impressed with how your side, even though they dug a hole for themselves, they were able to, to hold that onslaught for a majority of that game? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the boys show great character when they come back to 1-1. 
that um, they obviously found a winner, which they did two uh, two weeks ago as well. But I think if you look at the stats, I think it doesn't show that picture. I know it looked like we were under pressure a lot, but the stats say that we had more possession of the ball, 55%. We had uh, the same amount of chances to what they had. So for me, it doesn't say that we were under pressure that much. Of course, they had some good chances, but so did we. So for me, I think the game was pretty even. Um, and, you know, we took our chances. Uh, that's, that's what football's all about. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that we got the win and the win against Adelaide as well. So, of course, we've got things to improve on, but things are going, going nicely at the moment. Steve Corica joining us here on Sports Day, the manager of Sydney FC getting set to take on Western Sydney Wanderers this weekend at Bankwest Stadium in the Sydney Derby. The guy who came up with that little moment of magic, uh, Steve, in Ryan Grant, uh, a, a poacher's instinct for a, a right back, not bad at all, but uh, he's become more than just a cult figure of that football club and, of course, he's doing some great work with the Socceroos as well. We know the hairstyle. We know that he's a little bit of a different cat, but, gee, his form in the last couple of years coming back from a knee, just just amazing. He's a great guy, and obviously the hairdo suits him down to, to a tee. Um, but I think um, he's been he's been great for Sydney FC Football Club uh, over ten years now. Yeah, I think he's gone to another level. I think since he's uh, been selected for the Socceroos, and I think you know last week especially just showed that he he played two games for the Socceroos last week, and then he played obviously for us as well on the weekend. So three games in, in, a, in a massive week for him. And to pop up with the goal, obviously, I think it's fitting, mate, that yeah. he you know he come up with the goal and the winner. And just a couple before we let you go, Steve, obviously uh, looking forward to Saturday night. I imagine this guy is too because the bigger the game, the better he plays. He's just been a star since he arrived in the Hyundai A-League, and that is Milos Ninkovic. Uh, I read a story midweek where he's spoken about the fact that, you know, as he approaches uh, the mid-30s, he's nearly 35, he doesn't know how much longer he'll be playing at this level. He certainly won't uh, drag it on too long, in his words, not to embarrass himself. But the way he started the season... I don't think yeah. you'll have too many restless nights worrying about him pulling the pin anytime soon. No, definitely. You know, that's something I've spoke to him about as well. You know, he's 34, almost 35, but, you know, he's got a couple more years, I think, left in him for sure. He's been outstanding for this football club uh, over five years now, and he's won every trophy. Yep. And, you know, he still wants more, which is great. And he's such a he's such a great uh, example for the younger kids as well for... To learn off and you know our, I know our younger players look up to him and, and you know they they learn off everything that he does at training and you know especially in the games as well he's been outstanding for us. And just finally Steve not that this game needs any more ingredients of spice or dislike between the two football clubs albeit a, a mutual respect the fact that uh, your star and prized recruit in the offseason Alex Bomjohan played at the Wanderers as of last season and he's now wearing the sky blue of Sydney uh, that's going to be a, an interesting little ingredient. Another one to add to Saturday yeah. night. More fuel to the fire, I think, there as well. <laughs> with a couple to our side, blue side. So I know he's looking forward to this game. Um, so, yeah, of course, he's for me, he's, he's a great player and he's got a lot of ability. And um, obviously, we're very pleased that we, we snatched him away from them. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's looking forward to it. And obviously going back to his, his old club, and it's always something special when you go back to the old club. He's, I mean, he knows he's probably going to get 
fair bit of stick, but uh, hmm. that's part of parcel, I think, of the derby and obviously going back to old clubs, I think, after that. So he'll be, he'll be well up for it. Well, two from two, Steve, in your title defence, the perfect start, looking to make that three on Saturday. We wish you all the very best for what promises to be a cracking night, an amazing atmosphere there at the new Bankwest Stadium, a sold-out house as you take on the Western Sydney Wanderers. Thanks for giving us a few moments of your time here on Sports Day. No problem. Thanks, guys. This is Off The Bench. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Off The Bench, right around Australia. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Just before we duck off for another edition of Off The Bench, it is time to catch up with a Sydney Kings veteran, one of the star players on a roster that promises to be very hard to shake in season 2019-20. Kings 4 and zip, going beautifully. Brisbane Bullets on Saturday night at Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney. Another challenge that awaits. We caught up with Brad Newley through the week to talk about some of the new players, how they've transitioned in, and of course how they're going to cover the loss of injured skipper Kevin Lish. Seven or eight deep, whereas the Boomers go full ten deep. Twelve, in fact. It's a little bit of a change-up defence in there. Half-court trap back into a 2-3. Newley for three, gets a run Was off to the race as soon as he let that go. We knew that was missing. Yeah, joining us on Sports Day, uh, this man part of a team that could not have started their 2019-20 NBL season any better. Four and zip, top of the table, and looking the goods, the Sydney Kings. Uh, joining a shooting guard, Brad Newley. Brad, thanks for your time on the program. Uh, obviously, it is early days in the season, but so far, so good. Yeah, happy to be here, mate. Just got off a uh, good, strong session this morning, I mean, our main session, leading into Saturday's game. Just did a little bit of recovery now. Just preparing our bodies now for Saturday. Yeah, of course, a big game against Brisbane. We'll get to that shortly. But best start for the club in about a decade's time. And to come through that really tough double, both at home and away to the breakers, must have been a great feeling amongst the group to go two from two. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's good to come through. You wouldn't call it a big adversity, but, you know, there's a bit of travel in there. We had to get up early Saturday morning, jump on a plane, fly internationally, and get ourselves over to New Zealand with a time change and and another away game. I thought the way we handled that was very professionally, and uh, we really took business, as, took care of business as the game went, and had a, had a really good last quarter. And you know, defensively, we were great. You know, we're still getting there mm. offensively, but the main thing is we're defending our basket. And of course, you've got a new coach on board too, Will Weaver. He looks like he's settled in uh, a lot like a, a number of your star recruits, which we'll talk about shortly. But uh, also from an outsider's point of view, Brad, and, and you can either confirm or maybe know a little bit more behind the scenes you could deny, but he looks a really calm and collected, a cool character. And I suppose when you get in tight games, we've seen so many in the NBL this season so far that have gone right down to the wire. You look to the bench, you look to the side of the court, you want a, a pretty relaxed coach, and he seems to be just that. Yeah, I think he does a really good job because he, coming into the game, he knows exactly how he's going to coach the game. Uh, He's got his rotations ready and he also, he's got his kind of backup plan there as well. And I think he has a lot of faith in what he's learned and who he's worked under and the things he's he's taken in. So once he gets into that game situation, he feels very comfortable. Um, Yeah, you're right. His his mentality doesn't really change up five, up 20, down five, down 20. Just that same demeanour. And I think, you know, right from day one, he's really established that. And I think at Kings, we, we started really well. But, you know, in, initially our conversation was playing really good basketball towards the end of the year. We've kind of come out a little bit better than probably what's expected. Mm. So we'll, we'll definitely take the four wins. 
and a guy who has arrived in the off-season came with massive raps because we've seen what he's capable of in this competition. Casper Ware, it's never a guarantee that you bring a superstar in, they're going to hit the ground running, but with Casper, I think he's done just that. Yeah, I spoke about him in the press uh, conference last week after the New Zealand game, and the first thing I said, he's just a winner, and um, he really brings that edge that, that you know, his mentality is very infectious amongst the group. Um, he, he was a tough customer to, to play against now. He's with us really helping and it's rubbing off and I think you know, right across the board all the guys that have come into the program have bought in and we're just playing at a, another level that we've had in the past and of course you've got the big man Andrew Bogut he's just doing what Andrew Bogut does so far this season he's picked up where he left off of course his little stint over in the NBA but I guess the positivity not just the experience and the talent he brings to the group but he's, he's such an upbeat character and even when the times are a little bit tough in the middle of games he just seems to have this ability to lift the group yeah, I mean everyone has their moments, of course, and he he's he's a great leader in that. You know, when he when he's up and about, we all kind of jump on on board. So uh, I, I think with the way our new system is, he gets to make a lot of decisions at the top, and he's very comfortable with the ball in his hands. So it's up to us guys to kind of cut and get into positions. I think also the way he's being managed by by Coach Weaver and the staff. What come game day, he's ready, and that's our main focus: to be ready for game day instead of getting flogged during the during the week. We're actually ready to go for the main game. Diddy Lozetta is another one that's come in. Brad, uh, one of these international talents, and we know that the NBL is chock full of them at the moment. But I remember speaking pre-season to Kevin, Kevin Lish, uh, and he said that obviously his his transition to Australia and obviously the language barriers and a few other little quirks that he was just getting on top of, well, from a basketballing sense, again, he's another one who's just slotted into the Sydney Kings outfit really comfortably. Yeah, he's been great, um, particularly for myself, being, being an older player, having that bit of youth around me kind of keeps me fresh in the mind too. So, you know, he, his energy is another one who is infectious. And a little bit unfortunate, he had that little bit of a back problem at the start of the season. He's only played two games, but there was moments on the weekend where you could really see the level that he can get mm. to. And I, I'm, we're really happy as a club that he's, he's chosen us to, to further his development before he hopefully gets get a run over there with the Pelicans. Well, you mentioned injuries, and unfortunately, they're a pitfall of professional sport. You, you do lose Kevin Lish for a, a couple of months with that that small ankle fracture, but obviously a great player to have a return when he's fit and firing. But Craig Moller has come across from Melbourne United as well, and when you talk about depth, but also what he brings to the, the table and the court, uh, he was particularly impressive uh, in that last game against New Zealand. Yeah, he, he Craig's one that kind of got away from us when we had him initially, um, you know, we saw it every day in, in practice what he could do, and he probably wasn't getting the opportunity on court. That's why he went over to Melbourne. He worked under Dean Vickerman and, and the staff there, and it's kind of helped us out now. He's come back a ready player, and yeah, he's he's been really good in that three and four position, able to guard. His defence has been fantastic. He's always got that rebounding ability. So to have a lot of those guys, Jay Sean Tate's very similar to that, where we, we're very flexible in that position. The more of those guys, the merrier, I say, and you know, it's mm. leading to our getting plenty of stops and being able to run out of that. And as you've touched on, Brad, as, as you being one of the more older and experienced guys, to have that sort of bench uh, depth and talent, uh, hopefully at times, although I'm sure as a player you want to play, but the ability to be able to have a bit of a breather and to manage your game time on those 34-year-old legs, I'm sure is a, is a great thing for you too. Yeah, it's, it's funny. As your career goes, you, you figure out what, what your best minute capacity is. And I mm. think right now I'm probably hitting right on the limit. So... Uh, you know, initially, before the Diddy injury and the Kev injury, I probably was going to be more 
of that impact, but I've kind of had to adjust it a little bit in the last few weeks. I've done a pretty good job of that. So um, you, as a pro, you've always got to be prepared for any situation. Yep. So uh, now we're working with, with, with very good trainers and the coaching staff all together on the same page. It's, it's keeping those rotations very tight and you kind of know where, where, when you need to be ready. Before we let you go, Brad, as we said, four and zip. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So there's always another challenge just around the corner. And this Saturday night, while you're on your home patch, you do welcome the Brisbane Bullets to town. They're two and two. But as we've seen as evidence throughout the competition in its early stages this season, uh, never any such thing as a uh, as an easy contest. No, de- definitely. You hit it right on the head there. Um, you know, Brisbane, as they're coached by the national team, they got two players who just played mm. in the World Cup. Tough import, Lamar, Lamar Patterson and an old friend and Jason Kiddie. They're going to come into town really hungry. They, they drop two games that probably in their minds are winnable. Um, they, they score a lot of points. So we're going to have to be on our on our, on our our day, be ready to go. Um, we play a similar type offense, so lucky we can prepare for that at training during the week. But, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to the contest Saturday night, the big Halloween special game at Kudos. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a belter. And, of course, Sydney Kings fans, uh, if you haven't been this season, well, you've got to get yourself to Kudos Bank Arena to make sure that you support your club. But you're going to have the best night's entertainment, as you've just heard there from Brad, that Halloween theme to it all as well. And watch a really cracking contest between the Kings and the Bullets. Should be a belter. Brad, thanks for your time. As you said, just off the uh, off the training court, we do appreciate it. Congrats on the starts of the season. Early days, but uh, it promises to be an exciting year ahead for the Sydney Kings. Thanks for having me on the program. So Brad Newley there, a big show, Matt Burke, Barry Hall, Steve Corica, all part of another huge week of sport that we've covered. It's been great to have your company. Thanks for joining us here on Off The Bench. Catch you same time next week. Until then, look after yourself. You're listening to Off The Bench, right around Australia.